Like literally, let's let's be honest. Every season, there's a cocktail party, yeah. and there's no more cocktail parties. Yeah. <laughs> Dear Shandy, welcome back to Dear Shandy, listeners. Hello, Andy. Mm, hello. How are you doing today? Doing all right. Yeah. How did you like episode three? I was entertained. You were entertained. Okay. I was. Yep. It went a little differently than I think either of us expected it to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> On a scale of one to ten, ten being exactly how you would have liked to see episode three go, how would you say episode three ranked for you? Um, I would choose to invoke my Fifth Amendment rights until a slightly later time in this recap. <laughs> okay. All right. Keep us all on our toes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of toes. Yeah. I have a sock in honor of Jamie. <laughs> I didn't have a snake sock. <laughs> so sharks. I'm actually not 100 percent sure I don't have a snake sock. I just couldn't find one. Okay. But in lieu of snakes, I have my shark sock. Excellent. Okay, that's a great way to start off this recap. Shall we get to it? Let's do it. All right. So episode three picks up with everyone sort of recapping where episode two left off. And that is with Michelle talking about how hard last night was because of what Jamie had told her. And now she is not sure who to trust among the men. And meanwhile, the men feel bad for her. And Casey says what was said was not right. He says there's a rat in their midst. And Jamie, meanwhile, says he feels he was at an advantage. (laughs) Uh, We'll get there. Okay, so Caitlin arrives and drops off the date card. And going on this group date will be Martin, LT, Olumide, Spencer, Clayton, Nate, Joe, Rick, Will, and Peter. And they are taken to the Palm Springs Air Museum. And Michelle hops out of a plane to greet them. She's looking radiant mm-hmm. in a little romper. Oh, yeah. And she's joined now by the stars. The shining stars. <laughs> the shining stars. The blinding stars. <laughs> of the upcoming movie that I didn't know about, but now I do, Top Gun Maverick. Mm-hmm. They are Glenn Powell and Jay Ellis. And they're so famous that Michelle can't even get Jay Ellis's name right. She calls him Tay Ellis. And if you don't believe me... Please meet Glenn Powell and Tay Ellis. I love the fact that the producers didn't even edit that out. They're like, <laughs> eh, whatever, no one cares. It is pretty great. Andy, you were really marveling at the cross-promotion here. It's so obnoxious. It's not subtle. I mean, I honestly almost feel like they'd be better served if they just made it more obnoxious. Like they were like, hey guys, we're advertising for Top Gun Mavericks. You should really go see it. But instead, our intelligence is insulted. Yeah. All the guys are absolutely over the moon about Tay um, Ellis and and uh, Powell uh, what the hell is his name? I don't know what his Gl- name is. Glenn Powell and Glenn, Jay Ellis. Glenn Powell and Jay Ellis. They're over the moon. Yep. Peter's losing his shit over these two. <laughs> Ever since he was a kid, he's been a Glenn Powell and Jay Ellis fan. Yeah. It's just like, are you kidding me? Yeah. It's too much. It's too much. <laughs> I mean, I'm tuning out. I'm going to go on my phone next time I see even the hint of a cross promotion. I mean, technically, when we watch this or any show, really, we're constantly being advertised to. That's true. Yeah. I just thought they were making enough money. I figured they were doing well, but apparently they need more. I get it. It's fine. Whatever. (laughs) So Nate going into this date says, I'm going to give 110%. Your favorite, Andy. (sighs) So the men change into their suits and are given call signs. Will will go by Little Willie, Martin by Frosty, and Peter will go by Doughboy. 
And while the guys are all training now, Martin, he seizes the opportunity to pull Michelle aside to ask how she's doing. I thought this was pretty slick, actually. Oh, yeah. He's pretty good at sort of at showing care. And it actually does feel sincere. Sometimes I find this move a little slimy. It's like, I'll wait for your one-on-one time. But oh, yeah. it did feel sincere. Absolutely. And now the actors reveal the next challenge the men will face, which is a G4 simulator. I felt bad for them. I'm out. I'm done. <laughs> I, I tell the British I'm done. She wants to get rid of me. I'm done. If I was on the show, I'm out. I don't do this. It really does seem unnecessarily cruel, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's really bad enough. Everyone's on edge. Everyone's having trouble with their bowels. And now you got to throw them in a G-Force simulator? Okay. What if you had to choose one, G-Force simulator for a solid minute, or you had to write a poem that you would then read on national television and millions of people would see it, which do you choose? I would not only write and read the poem on national television, I would do it naked. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I do not like a G Force of any kind. I do not. I'm not a G Force fan. Do not like it. Wow. Yeah. It makes, I, I get very, I have a very weak motion. So issue. do I, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm okay on planes, surprisingly, and boats. Yeah. But I don't like roller coasters. I do not like. <laughs> I do not like roller coasters. Yeah. It's actually true for anyone wondering. Ever since I've known Andy, we have never been on a roller coaster together. No, we have. Oh, I was actually Halloween on a roller coaster one? with you and your father. He also was not a fan. I mean, I respect that. Oh, was it in Orlando? Yes. You were singing in Orlando. Yeah. We went on the Space Mountain or I yeah, don't know, yeah. some mountain roller coaster. Yeah. And I, from the beginning to end, I was just unhappy. I was unhappy <laughs> the whole time. It was just one 90 second experience of unhappiness. <laughs> and, and I felt some solidarity with your father which after he got off he's like that was miserable experience i still feel sick and i was like thank you that's the roller coaster is not meant for people who aren't kids as far as i'm concerned i think i tend to remember them more fondly than they were at the time sometimes i feel like afterwards i feel like oh wow i did that yeah i'm still here but generally i don't feel good afterwards i feel a little woozy don't like it don't like roller coasters (laughs) i do think we would both have struggled with the g4 simulator and poor will Breaks into a cold sweat here. First of all, let's talk about Will. <laughs> yeah. Will is a, has a strong character. That's all I have to say. His name is Little Willie. Let's be honest. We know what that means. <laughs> He's put in a G4 simulator. Clearly, the guy's got motion sickness problems. Clearly, he, he brought pills with him. Yeah. Knowing that... Before, Chances are knowing he would that be, there'd be yeah. some G Force situation, he clearly asked producers before every group day, he's like, "Is there going to be some G Force here?" And they're like, "Oh no, no, you're fine, you're fine." So they screwed him. This guy deals with Peter on a daily basis, yeah. being a complete schmuck. He did cast the first stone, but I'm so not sad. On with the Peter. stone that needed to be cast, <laughs> a stone that needed, needed to, to be, be cast. cast. Okay, I don't disagree with that. So they're while on the G4 simulator, they will also simultaneously need to tell Michelle how they feel about her. Amazing. I mean, I got a hand at the producers. This is good. I stuff. know. Who, really? Yeah. I'm glad I'm not there. But the as devil a viewer, works, this is good stuff. The devil works hard, but he no does. one works harder than Bachelor producers. <laughs> Rick well goes said. first and survives. And Michelle mostly just looks like she feels bad for him. Yeah. Olumide goes. Peter goes and expresses his feelings in Italian. Very mm. smooth. And yeah. then Will goes. He's sweating super hard. And he performs in Spanish. 
performs. He speaks in Spanish. Well, you know, you go to your native tongue when you're in in a, in a state of oh. true. When you fear death, you're in the in the throes of the fears of death. You go to your native language. That's just a human thing. Absolutely. And for some reason, Peter seems to think that Will copied him. Can we talk about how much of a piece of shit? Sorry. <laughs> Excuse me. That's how much. Watch of a your schmuck? language. What's what's a word I could use for Peter? I mean, schmuck isn't bad. It, Peter just really is not coming off super likable. And we always have to remember he's in an environment that's designed to bring out his worst. So let's pick our our words wisely. I'm assuming that Peter's best is not that much different than the worst. (laughs) But I will say this, and I want to make this clear. This is foreshadowing for something we will discuss later. Peter sucks. (laughs) And is not a villain. Because I don't care about Peter. I don't want to watch Peter. I don't want to listen to Peter. I don't want to have anything to do with Peter. I don't want Peter to be on the show. I don't (laughs) want Will to have to deal with Peter. Yeah. He is not a villain. He just sucks. (laughs) There's a difference. He's beneath villain status. He is not entertaining me. He Mm. is annoying me. Therefore, a villain can both entertain and be a schmuck. And an asshole. But... (laughs) They entertain. Peter does none of those. Peter just sucks. In my experience, what makes a good villain is the intricacies of of um, like how they sort of try to talk their way out of situations and how you can kind of sort of understand where they were coming from when they did the shitty thing that caused them to be a villain or how they justify things to themselves or try to talk their way out of things. Peter's just like... It's too simple. I, I know what you He's mean. He's a child. It's too childish. And let's be honest. It's not when, sophisticated it's, enough for uh, for good no, villainy. There's nothing there. He's a child. It's like watching a kid shit his pants. I don't <laughs> care. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to change his diapers. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want to smell it. My point is, is that I don't like Peter. And anyone, let's be honest, you out there, if you're watching the show before your season of The Bachelorette starts and you're all, all excited, The Bachelorette's starting, I'm going to watch. Do you really care so much about the lead finding love or do you want to be entertained? I myself want to be entertained. If the lead finds love, that's great. But I am not entertained by Peter. Well, here's the rub. I think people do want to see someone find love. Yes. I, I know that at the core. I do too. Yeah. At the core of why I watch this show, I want to see someone find love. But Am I going to be on my high horse claiming I would watch this show without any drama or any villainy or anyone to sort of love to hate? We're going to unpack this later. Yes. All I'm saying is, Peter, not entertaining. Someone who will not be named presently, (laughs) but will be talked about later, entertaining (laughs) and also sucks. (laughs) Hold that thought. Move on. So Michelle asks Will now. He survives after speaking in Spanish and going through the G4 simulator. Mm -hmm. Michelle asks if he needs a bucket. And he says, I need you. For the win. For the win. Will for the win. Can I tell you, Will, I was not a big Will guy out of the gate. And Will has been on a hockey stick trajectory. (laughs) I'm a big fan. Hockey stick, nice. So the actors reveal that the pilots they played in Top Gun Maverick, they're, they're... Sure to mention the name of the movie again. Yeah, yeah. Because we didn't get it the first time. (laughs) Needed to be skilled in the fine art of dogfighting. Yes, there's nothing more important when you are manning the controls (laughs) of a a vehicle in the air than to be able to knock someone off a mattress with a (laughs) foam-covered pole. 
it's not really surprising that Will and Peter have to go up against each other in this one. But mm. my favorite moment was when Joe said, I knew that was going to be the match. Beautiful. I love it when someone on this show or any show really plays the role of audience member. Yes. Like they speak for us while on the show. It's great. It's like the movie uh, Pineapple Express. Yeah. Where like Seth Rogen at the end of the movie, after the climactic violent scene is like oh remember when he like punched me and kicked me in the face and then <laughs> yes, i fell down and so then true. you took the gun and you shot him in the leg and then that thing blew up it's and so they're true. reenacting things you never see that but it's funny yeah yeah no it's no true. one ever talks about it's that. so true yeah. recapping it i i loved this little moment we i wish joe would speak up a little bit more he's very uninvolved i feel like we're gonna get more joe later i feel a heavy wave of joe slowly building for the back half of the season i mean he really knows how to keep you wanting more because it's at the point where i look forward to seeing any scene with joe and i'm like oh is joe gonna say something can i tell you something this is the playbook for winning the bachelorette and joe is following it to a t okay have some back involved backstory involvement with the lead okay which is not that easy no but assuming you do have that i'm just saying if if possible this is not necessary if possible and then be very good looking and okay tall. this is ridiculous hold on a second <laughs> that's like saying that here's how to be good at america's next top model be 511 and really thin at like a size zero well, and i'm know being how to slightly facetious okay but I, I understand the criticism i'm just saying that it helps to be very tall and good looking yes aside from that, i feel like it always helps to be very tall aside and good from looking. The, the, yeah it has a little backstory to lead just stay in the cut be nothing nothing just nothing like air <laughs> zero like water be the water like bruce lee <laughs> Bruce Lee used to talk about be the water, just flow with the, you know, the punch. I don't yeah. know what that means. Yeah, go but with the point. Go is, with it the sounds flow. right. Yeah. Do nothing. James, James from Katie's season yeah. did nothing. <laughs> and nothing. Last, lasted quite a while. He lasted almost the whole thing and he made it on Paradise and the guy's got what? Uh, let me guess. I don't even know. I've never looked at his Instagram. I'm going to guess 400,000 followers. Mm, I think you might be overshooting with okay. that, but not the point. But anyway, Joe's doing playing. He's playing everything perfectly. Yeah, he's a genius. And leaving us wanting more—that's a yes. difficult task to pull off as a front runner on this show. So, Will obviously beats Peter in the dog fight. I, I, can we talk about how satisfying it this was? Is? Pretty satisfying. Are you kidding me? He literally—he this guy has talked the talk. Mm-hmm. And he cannot walk the walk for one second. Will wins the entire date and is given a bomber jacket as his prize. And some private time with Michelle. And they, uh, I wrote they drive off in the vintage car from the Maverick movie, but I actually don't think they drive off. They sit off. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they just have a nice sit and a make out in the car. Michelle leans in for a kiss. And Will does not pull a brand in here. He, he. Gets the cue pretty quickly. He doesn't continue to run his mouth. And they share a kiss. And the chemistry actually was better than I would have expected between mm-hmm. these two. Yeah. 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 Me- as and, and I'm happy about it. Me too. I want Will to succeed. I want Will to succeed too. Okay. There will be more Will to come. So it's the evening now. And Clayton gets the first shown one-on-one time. And it would seem Clayton is more relaxed than he was earlier in yeah. the season. She says that he seems more relaxed. And she loves seeing the, his personality come out. And then they do a spin. His wild personality. <laughs> Crazy. And they do a, a spin thing where they spin around yeah, in a cute. circle that's and they cute. kiss. Yeah. It's cute. I it's thought cute. this was cute. I liked it. 
Nothing much to say about that. Nate gets his one-on-one time, and he says that he's catching such feelings for her. He feels like a little boy. I thought that was cute. And Joe gets his one-on-one time. He asks if there's anything he can do for her. I thought this was nice. Mm-hmm. I just like it when they seem to... Like, the dialogue is... is continuing it's not like oh now tell me about your family it's like yeah, yeah, oh yeah. you were upset last time i saw you is there anything i can do normal human conversation mm-hmm. it's always good and she tells him that she likes that he's not the loudest guy in the room oh joe so smart he keeps you wanting more just laying in the cup <laughs> waiting for his move you're gonna see a lot more joe later trust me <laughs> yes definitely meanwhile will and peter are fighting this entire time and by fighting, I mean, like, it's a full-blown, like, shouting-level argument mm-hmm. across the the seating. Yeah. And two of the guys get up to leave. Nate is the brave soul that stays. Mm-hmm. And here we get a fantastic shot as, as the camera zooms in slowly <laughs> dun, on Nate. Dun, 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 It did have a curb your enthusiasm feel to it. Very much so. Yeah. His expression. There was sort of a knowing glance with the camera. It was good. The producers did well this time. Good for them. (laughs) Uh, Back at the hotel. Now the date card arrives and it has Rodney's name on it. Andy, you said, whoa. I mean, did anyone expect this? I don't know if anyone would have expected that the guy that came out in the 99 cent Halloween costume on night one. I don't know why I'm saying it's 99 cents, but it just looks like it's it should have cost 99, 99 cents. cents. It, co- it definitely cost less than 99 cents to make. Yes. The question is, did it retail for more than 99 yeah. cents? Probably yeah. 10.99. Honestly, though, nothing should cost 99 cents to make. That was a 12.99 costume. <laughs> that's the retail price. That's the that's the suggested retail price. <laughs> We interrupt this program to bring you an important message mm-hmm. about our new bed sheets. These are cozy earth bed sheets, and we are totally obsessed with these. Yep. And I'm not going to pretend that I can tell when something is like 12,000 thread count Pima cotton or whatever. But I do know what I like, and I like softness mm-hmm. and comfort. You do. And I love that cozy earth sheets are made with viscose from bamboo. So not only... Is it insanely soft, but it's also more sustainable than using cotton? And, might I add, temperature regulating. Which is a big deal for you. A huge deal. As you know (laughs) from from unfortunate personal experience, I do a good amount of night sweating. Yeah. Yep. And I don't with these sheets. No, you don't. It's changed things for me. Yes. I am experiencing great comfort. They also have loungewear that's super, 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 super soft. Thank you. These are things I care about in life. <laughs> you look cute in them. <laughs> Thank you. Sure. I'd like to add that a good night's sleep is the most important thing there is. And it's underrated. Even though people talk about a good night's sleep, they don't talk about it enough. The difference between my day when I get a good night's sleep and when I don't is night and day. <laughs> What is it they say about sleep? You spend a third of your life in bed? You spend a third of your life in bed. So why not spend a third of your life in bed with sheets that are that are delightful? Yeah. You don't want to rough it with your bed sheets. A third of your life. You don't want to rough it. You want to soft it. <laughs> so bad. <sighs> and now our listeners can save a whopping 35% on bedding and loungewear. Go to CozyEarth.com and use our promo code SHANDY to save 35%. 
So hurry, that's 35% off at CozyEarth.com when you enter the code SHANDY. CozyEarth.com. <laughs> so Malik now in his ITM kind of starts to mock Rodney. and It's lighthearted, but he says, I just can't help but laugh when talking about Rodney. It's funny, but he's a great guy, though. I kind of agree with Malik's sentiment, but also, may I say, famous last words. Right? Malik ended up going home while Rodney's still sitting pretty Mm. with a one-on-one rose on his lapel. Malik's speech did not age well. No, no, it did not. So back on the group date, Martin gets his one-on-one time, and... I'm torn on Martin. I keep going back and forth because yeah. I'm like, oh, there's no way he's a front runner. But now he might be a front runner. He gets his group date, Rose. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty big. But this kiss. Ooh. I don't know. It feels like she's pulling away from this kiss. I, I personally, I, I never lead with heavy tongue. I think it's a mistake. <laughs> this is a callback to that Q&A where you give uh, kissing tips. Yeah. Yeah. 101. <laughs> 101. No, heavy, heavy tongue can come. It may have a place. May. May. But not at the outset. Not at the outset. It does seem like she cuts this kiss short, but she does later on give him that group day rose. So what do I know? Uh, Will has one-on-one time. And during this moment, Peter descends on Will's bomber jacket (sighs) and says it looks better on him and throws it in the pool because he is five years old. Good job, Peter. Yeah, you did it good. You made a nice poop in your pants. Very nice. Next time you go to the toilet. But for now, it's good. Nate rightfully says, if Michelle finds out about this, it's going to ruin the date. It is a miracle. This group date did not get ruined by this this P- storm. Peter has tried to, just for the record... Ruin two group ruined, dates. Yes. Yeah, both group dates. That he's been on. Yes. Yeah. He's two for two for his But attempts. he's not even good at ruining things. <laughs> he's extremely ineffective in every way. As a matter of fact, he's so ineffective that I don't believe that even one second of the verbal sparring between him and Will has been won by him. I think he's oh, lost every second of every spar he has had with Will. Once, oh, I got to say, once he made it about money... Oh, he's just like, it's, it's easy. You know what it is? It's like in the video game, like in the eighties, I used to play this. Well, no. Okay. In the nineties, <laughs> I used to play this boxing game called uh, punch out. Oh yeah. 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 And like, there was this guy, Glass Joe, he was the first guy. And if you literally had no, like literally a baby was at the controls, like, nah, 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 you beat Glass Joe. Okay. Glass Joe, you, you, you always beat Glass okay. Joe. You lose to Glass Joe. You need to think about your life. Okay. <laughs> and he's Glass Joe in verbal altercations. Okay. It's just the practice round. He even looks like Glass Joe. <laughs> you know, I'm talking about people who play punch out. Oh, Peter. It's too easy. It's, it's too, too easy. easy. And it's his fault for making it that easy. It is. Yeah, don't make it that easy, Peter. <laughs> Will comes back and he's like, where's my jacket? <laughs> and when the guys tell him... He, I, I got it. We have to talk about his reaction here. I found this really interesting. He cries or he sort of fights tears. Out of pure anger. The reason he was so mad was not because this was such a huge affront. Yes. It was because it was such a little affront. Mm. It was so petty. Yeah. And he knew the anger was based in the fact that he knew that Peter thought this was some power move. Yeah. 
And everyone, look, and well, how what's do you the big fight deal? That, yeah. yeah, what's the big deal? Oh, so I have to take the jacket out of the pool and hang it on a, a <laughs> hanger for six hours? Yeah. That's that's what you've done to me? No. Yeah. It was the fact that he knew that Peter, in his mind, thought this was huge. He had like, it was like checkmate. Yeah. That's what made him so angry that he was dealing with a child. Yeah. It's the moment where you realize there is no winning because it is yeah, a five-year-old. You're dealing with an adversary that's, that's in, it's like arguing with an aardvark. Yeah, yeah. Or any woodland animal or a two-year-old. <laughs> is, that, is an aardvark a woodland animal? No, I don't believe it is. Thank you for the correction. No, but it, it could be in the woods. You're making a good point. It's it was like anger and frustration rolled into one, and I felt for him. Yeah, and that feeling for him was doubled down when he never brought it up to mm-hmm. Michelle. He never brought it up. Will Will He's a winner. He Will's really a winner. yeah. It was really impressive because this really could have become the focal point of this group date. And instead, the entire date wraps with him fishing his jacket out of the water. And we have to give Nate credit, too, because when Will was, you know, boiling over this, he was just bubbling. And Nate says, Will, as long as you just sit there, kick it, you will forever be regarded as the bigger man. Best advice ever given by a contestant on the show. Yeah. I don't know whether or not Will would have done that anyway, or if he was heeding Nate's advice, but it's so true. And these little moments of Nate's, he's... I mean, we know what's happening with Nate. I love Nate. Nate, Nate's winning this he, show. Oh, really? <laughs> right, Nate's winning. I mean, last week you thought it was Joe. It doesn't Joe. matter what I said last week. <laughs> I said a lot of things last week, but you're not going to be reversed. <laughs> Peter returns now to the group, and Clayton now starts to shine. Mm. And Clayton's like, how are you feeling, Peter? And Peter's like, oh, I'm feeling good. Michelle's this, Michelle's that. And Clayton's like, I'm not talking about Michelle. I'm talking about the fact that you... Threw Will's jacket in the water. I love that he confronted him about yeah. this. It honestly, where there's smoke, there's fire. It says something that all the guys were like. Yeah, come on. This is they were all team Will, not only because of the rightness of obviously like Peter was the child. How could you be team Peter? Yeah. Who's team Peter? What kind of person? Paint me the person that's team Peter. <laughs> but that's what's interesting. I think that Peter might have even had friends amongst this group. And then when they saw him no do that, more. they were like, ah, I don't want to be friends with yeah. him anymore. Persona even Nate said he was like, I'm distancing myself from yeah. Peter. Mm-hmm. So Clayton confronts Peter about him. Peter says, I have a lot of love for you, bro, but don't get involved. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Based on what Will did to Peter in the dogfight game, <laughs> yeah. I don't think Peter should be beefing with Clayton. Yeah. Clayton really yeah. slaughtered yeah. Clay- Clayton, Nate in that. Uh, Clayton is not uh, one to be effed with. <laughs> Clayton rightfully says all of our actions impact Michelle. Mm -hmm. And Peter ends this altercation with, I'm not stressing, bro. He 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 threw a couple of bros in there. And I love you, but uh, this guy is just... I know. Toss him out. Especially when he was being invited by by someone who's not involved in the fight. If it's Will, okay, I understand there's already beef there. But it sounds like he's friends with Clayton. He even said, I love you, bro. There's no sense of reflection it's like, oh, if someone not involved is confronting me about it, there's no sense of like, mm, maybe I did go too far. You know, what I, you know what I find to be the most, one of the most unappealing characteristics in a man is confidence without substance. Yeah. Yeah. False confidence. False confidence. Peter is too confident without having enough to back it up. But do we really think he's too confident or is he doing it to compensate for a true lack of confidence? Or is he doing it because he thinks this is good TV and he's going to get famous because of the way he's acting? I mean, I do think he's lasted this long because of his willingness to do this. Is this going to be good for his life? (laughs) Maybe for his pizza business. (laughs) 
Hey. <laughs> Way to go, Peter. Anyway, this short scene did make me like Clayton. It's amazing. Isn't it funny how just one scene can make someone just shoot to the top I, of your list? This is where Clayton became the bachelor. <laughs> oh, it planted the seed of his of his bachelor ness. Mm-hmm. Yes. Should I put a spoiler warning? Bachelor dumb. I can't keep track of spoiler warnings. I thought we agreed that we were gonna do. I this. know, but last week I put a spoiler warning. I don't just like. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. I, like, I, am I supposed to put a spoiler warning before we ever talk about anything relating to the next Bachelor? You, you could put a little spoiler warning. Okay. That's pretty easy, right? I'll try to insert that. it. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Okay, so Michelle returns, gives the rose to Martin. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. And she takes him for some alone time. He wins a, a coda to yeah. this to this group date. And here a string quartet plays take my breath away which of course we know from the original top gun and andy <laughs> you were like oh my god they're still at it like it, there's what is there like 20 people left watching this show who haven't bought tickets yet to top gun maverick <laughs> like they're trying it's like literally the proverbial empty ketchup bottle they're taking the knife and just like scraping, scraping this is like oh, we got a couple more drops of ketchup here yeah they just squeezed this for for everything the squeezed it was lemon this the, the the ringed out cookie dough bag the empty ketchup bottle whatever it is there's nothing left let us be i need more information about the cookie dough bag you Keep- know when you have a cook a cookie dough in, in like a bag and you oh no 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 sorry <laughs> My bad. Do you mean frosting? frosting? Okay. Frosting. I'm not a big baker. I was like, tell me more about this I've cookie dough bag. I've seen things squeezed with sweet stuff in them, and I assumed it was cookie dough, but it's actually frosting. You're right. You really are not a baker, but I did you see my interest peak? You're right. So that was the part of the analogy that didn't work for you. Okay. Let me let me do that again. The frosting bag has been squeezed. Yes. Within an inch of its life. And yeah. we all know now that Top Gun Maverick will be coming to theaters I'm buying soon. tickets just so you stop. I want you to stop. I'm <laughs> going to buy my ticket. Stop. And as this entire group date scene closes, we see Will fishing out his jacket from the swimming pool. It's a cute scene. Was it cute? I made me sad. I was so impressed with him. No, it's cute in a sad way. <laughs> there could be sad. Anyway, cute. kudos to you, Will. Mad props. He, Immense props. So many contestants in, have in the past and would in this situation seek to punish the person by running to the lead, sort of like running to your mother or your father and be like, he, blah, 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 he threw my, yeah, yeah. my jacket in the pool. Yeah. And he managed to not let it escalate and ruin the experience for everyone else. I honestly think that's why he did it. He didn't want to make it a Michelle's problem and be the other guy's problem. Yes. Which is he, really he impressive. Is, he is setting a, a, a textbook response for future Bachelorette contestants. Yes, indeed. Okay, so now we have Rodney's one-on-one. So I have to say before we talk about this, that this date reminded me so much of Andrew S.'s one-on-one date mm-hmm. on Katie's season. Just the sense that it feels a bit like a phoned-in date. I think mm-hmm. Rodney will make it pretty far, but I don't see him winning. And I say that because the date began after dusk or at around dusk. And it's hard to imagine that Michelle would have given Joe or Nate or even Brandon a date that starts at dusk. It's such a good point. Yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah, considering there are other one-on-one dates where you have to be up by 9 a.m. Yeah. I just have to put that out there. Not that I don't think Rodney is a wonderful guy. Yeah. I just am not sure I totally buy this as a romantic connection, but I love that Michelle is giving him... She's giving him time, like she's showing him 
a, a lot of love, I think. Let's be honest. Rodney went from like the the no no lines in the movie hitman who <laughs> yes. gets wiped out early yes. to possibly the villain's right hand man who has a lot of speaking lines and you don't know if he's gonna get killed at <laughs> the end. He just got promoted. He may, he may live or he may turn sides and go to the good guy's side. You don't know. He's a major character now. Mm-hmm. So on their date, it's a game of truth or dare. Mm-hmm. And they first go to the kitchen of the hotel slash resort where they're all staying. And she's blindfolded while he feeds her different foods, which is a nice callback to their one-on-one time last week. And she is a master, can I just say, with with the callback. Because he feeds her pizza and he's like, what's that? And she says, according to Michelle, that's pizza. According to Rodney, lasagna. She's good. She's great. She's so quick. I love it. She's in control. She is in control. Okay, so next they go and open big gift boxes while handcuffed to each other and they have to dig out a key. And then they use that key to get to the next dare where he is dare to run naked through the hotel. I I love how Caitlin and Tasha just sort of appear. Yeah. They're all dolled yeah, they're, up. They're like, oh, a yeah, naked just, man running. They just happen to be going to get ice, you know. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, what's happening here? How could anyone run through the hotel naked without an audience yeah. to see it? Um, and now they have the truth part of truth or dare. They have to reveal their biggest fears. Mm-hmm. And Rodney reveals that his is passing away before becoming a husband and father. And mm-hmm. Michelle says that her biggest fear is being complacent. But it's also her downfall because she tends to focus on the next thing instead of enjoying the current thing, ah. which is where life is. Yes. Man, oh man, do I relate to this. I think a lot of people relate to this. You think so? Yeah. Oh, I thought I was a unique snowflake. (laughs) (laughs) No, I'm giving you full credit for relating to this. But other people do. It's an important thing to think about. You have to live in the moment. A lot of people are constantly thinking about the future. Yeah, I definitely struggle with this. And I I really loved how she worded this. And the word complacent. (sighs) It's a good word. People people don't use the word complacency enough. Complacent. It's a good word. I know exactly what she means. It sounds nice, too. It does sound nice. Yeah, if I heard like ASMR, like just complacent said over and over. Complacent. 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 Good job. Complacent. (laughs) It is a nice word. Yeah. It's real nice. (laughs) Okay. I think this is going in a weird direction. It is getting a little weird. So back at the hotel now. We're back at the suite where the guys are staying. Uh, The group date card arrives, a second group date. And here we get a lot of general smugness from Jamie. Ooh. He he's really delivers in the smugness department. Mm-hmm. Also, by the way, the speaking in the third person department. Because while everyone is feeling <sighs> nervous and he reveals just how not nervous he's feeling. Oh, he not says, nervous. How not nervous Jamie is yes, feeling. He says Jamie's feeling good. Mm. I'm third person. One one must choose mm. very carefully very, when they choose to very, speak in third person. Very carefully. <laughs> Going on this group date is R, Jamie, Leroy, Chris G, Casey, Molik, Chris S, Brandon, and Romeo. Mm. And Jamie, we can't let him go with it. A bit more smugness. He says in his ITM, it'd be nice to get a rose at the end so I don't have to pack. That'd be cool. <laughs> Man, he's just the gift that keeps on giving, isn't he? Sure is. Uh, I have to point out the fourth wall breakage here because I do think that some people forget that you really do pack before each and every rose ceremony, all of your stuff. It might not sound like a big deal when you're on your sofa watching. Oh, it's a big deal. Yeah. I don't like packing for vacations I really am excited about. I remember when I was on this show, it was 
really one of the biggest pains in the asses was in the ass was packing over and over and over and over again, all your stuff. And you had packed for ostensibly nine weeks. Did you like sort of, you know, prepare and like unpack slightly to know that (laughs) you were going to have to pack again? Or did you fully unpack and then fully pack? Um, Well, that's the thing is because a lot of your clothes you planned on wearing or you wanted the option to wear and you wanted them to hang and be wrinkle free Mm. and look nice. And Mm. so you don't really want all your clothes being folded in your suitcase. So it's it anyway. And there was only one steamer. Only one person on our season was smart enough to bring a a steamer. Oh, wow. Andy Dorfman. Yeah. (laughs) So all the girls in the house were using her one little steamer. Okay, so Rodney and Michelle row a boat to their dinner Mm -hmm. now. And she tells her, him that she loves how playful he is. And she says that laughter is so important in a relationship. It and is. her parents still to this day laugh together. Obviously, we agree with this. We do. I honestly think the amount that you make me laugh is, was a major reason in me marrying you. Or maybe the only reason. No. I got to say, Rodney's magic is the fact that he can laugh at himself. I actually don't think he's the one yes. sort of stimulating the laughter No, here. Rodney's not funny. He's but not. But he appreciates being made fun of, which is a big, big plus. It's, I think, an underrated trait. I think too many yes. people cannot laugh at themselves. You think Peter can laugh at himself? Well, Peter has proven to be unable to laugh at himself. But I think that the ability to roll with punches made in your direction... Mm-hmm. Is a huge factor in likability and desirability in a relationship. Self-deprecation. Yes. And not false self-deprecation. Yes. Legitimate, like, I'm not that great. I have flaws. Yes. Yep. The honesty And I celebrate them along with my strengths. (laughs) It's my TED Talk. Nice. Rodney here reveals he was raised by a single mom Mm -hmm. and she worked very hard to provide and she's his hero. That's so sweet. And Michelle reveals now... That with her parents' interracial marriage, there were so many times her dad didn't need to speak up for himself because her mother protected her father as much as he protected her. And she says that she did not have this comfort in past relationships. I I really don't mean to uh, bring this to me because this is a really powerful moment. Mm -hmm. But I have to say that I witnessed this in my own parents' relationship a lot growing up. Mm -hmm. I cannot tell you how many times... I have witnessed or have heard about people underestimating my mother, assuming she was far less intelligent than she yeah. is because of... I've seen it happen. Yeah, you have. Yeah. In yeah, in the seven and a half years that we've known each other, you've seen it happen with my mom. And just the assumptions people make when dealing with someone of a different race or someone who doesn't speak English as a first language. Yeah. And I've really witnessed my father sort of be her protector in that yeah. way. Not that she needs him. But it's really nice to have that in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I just love that Michelle has noticed this yeah. in her parents' relationship. So since Michelle said that she didn't have this comfort in past relationships, Rodney asks when that happened for her. And here Michelle reveals that in a past relationship, uh, there was a time she was at the grocery store. And this was the first time this ever happened to her. Someone used the N-word directed well, what at her. What does it take for someone to to use the, what do you have to do in a grocery store it's for someone to use yeah. the n-word against or you? at all but yeah or ever but yeah. i'm saying are you kidding i know me? it's unbelievable what did she do I know. and what's wrong with this person yes yeah so she went home and told her partner and he told her not to give the person power mm-hmm. by getting upset about it mm-hmm. and choosing 
to be upset about it and basically had her justify her emotions. And she says that at the time she did justify her feelings, but now she realizes that she never should have had to justify those feelings. And she was allowed to feel as upset as she wanted and for as long as she wanted. And she says that she shouldn't have to explain that in a relationship. I mean, obviously this is all true. It's kind of maddening. Like I you can see how her boyfriend meant well, but it's so not getting it. No, it's unbelievable that you could tell someone like, oh, don't give them the power. Like I often talk about meme advice. That's meme advice. That's the advice you give someone for being trolled. Like I mildly mean, trolled ima- online. Ima- like this is a different, this is a different scenario. Well, imagine if everyone in history had taken that advice. Where, where would we be now? 100%. That's a really great point. It's frustrating. I, I, and I know what they, you know what they meant, but it's just not the right circumstance to no. be like, oh, rise above it. Like, don't give them the power by being upset. Oh, no. anyway, I, when I heard that story, I got really pissed. Michelle also says she doesn't think a person who is white or of a different race can't understand you. And I love how she always makes a point of specifying this, as she did with Jamie on mm-hmm. their one on one last yeah. week. You know, when he said, it seems like you come from a great family background, she said, yes, I do. But I also don't think you have to come from that to be able to experience it one day. I love how she always provides this sort of caveat, you know, Mm -hmm. and yeah, she's just she covers all the bases. I just love her. She's wonderful. She's doing good. She's what was this episode three so far? I know. She's still good. Uh, She's still doing well. She is killing it. Yeah. So she gives Rodney the rose. Surprising nobody. This was a really lovely date. We learned a lot about uh, her especially, but really both of them. And Andy, you made the observation that Rodney gets better as he gets more relaxed. He is aged well, like a fine apple apple wine. (laughs) (laughs) Like a fine Granny Smith apple wine. No, a uh, a cider. A cider, right. (laughs) Oh, that's right. There is an actual... I forgot forgot that there was an alcoholic apple drink. An (laughs) aged cider, a fine aged cider. Yeah, yeah. I... I swept Thank in you. and you took saved it from me. you. I saved you, but I also took the Can credit. you call cider an apple wine? Probably. I'm going to do that. Okay. But from now on, every time I order cider, I'm going to ask for apple wine. <laughs> See how that works out for you. Yeah, I'm going to. <laughs> that reminds me of when you order your eggs. What do you call Before you learned to call them soft, what did you call them? Oh, loose. Loose, loose preparation. preparation. <laughs> yeah, that was one so, of the dumbest so things I've ever fact, done. So fun fact, Andy hates, hates, hates an overcooked egg. Yeah. And, and anyone likes, who likes an overcooked egg? He'll claim you don't respect egg. You don't respect egg. But there were years where Andy would... Now he'll say soft, which is what you should say. Yeah. But there were years where you would say, oh, I'd like the omelet loose preparation, please. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm very ashamed of these times. <laughs> and finally, one waiter was like, I think you mean soft. And it was a light bulb. It was a that light was bulb. That was it from now on. Soft. So, anyway, so, overcooked eggs. Don't do that. Yeah. Not nice. Not good. Not good for anything. And now cider will be apple wine. Yes. We interrupt this program to bring you an important message Hmm. about Andy. Once again, one of your all time favorite discoveries. I think in terms of this podcast, in terms of getting swag, you have really loved your Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0. It's one of those things I just look forward to using. I sometimes use it when I don't even have to use it. I'm like, do I have any hairs that could be trimmed? I'm like, eh, yeah, I'll trim something. I have to I'll admit, find something. I've noticed you 
even though this trimmer works better than past trimmers, meaning I notice no more like patchy spots. I remember with your old trimmer, you'd come out after spending quite a while in there and then I would find some like really long area off on the side. That never happens with Mm -hmm. the lawnmower, which makes me think that it's just easier to use. But more importantly, even though it works so much better, you're using it so much more often because I think you genuinely enjoy the experience. And I also know that it will always be charged. Yes. No matter how long it's been since I charged it. Mm-hmm. It may be the device that I have in the USB era <laughs> that, that has the longest charge I've ever seen. Wow. We're talking months. Of, and of, of like other day, every other day use on my face and balls. <laughs> not not every other day on my balls. I mean, I don't, I'm not like, it's not like a Chia pet down there. I mean, it's, you know, once in a while maintenance. But my point is not only does the charge not drain, but you don't get that slow, you know, oh, like, yes. you know what I'm talking where about. Where it starts to like peter out. Yeah. Where like week one, it's like, and then like week two, it's like, and then it's like, it's like, <laughs> you're like is this still working or do i i don't know i think i need to charge this yes but you know what i'm talking about. i know exactly what you're talking about and with those ceramic blades there's Oof, no nicking clean. no tugging no no um pain i never <laughs> wish a ball nick on my worst enemy yes so get 20 percent off and free shipping with the code shandy when you go to manscaped.com that's 20 percent off plus free shipping when you go to manscaped.com Dot com and use code Shandy. Experience premium grooming with Manscaped. So it's the second group date now. And the guys walk into a room where Rudy Francisco is giving a talk. And Rudy Francisco tells the guys that they will be writing a poem and performing it. <laughs> They're all super psyched about this. <laughs> and let me just say, this was really impressive. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I wanted to be not impressed. Me too. I wanted them to suck. <laughs> That's I really awful. did. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> I know what you mean. You, It's the kind of thing where it could so easily crash and burn. But wow. And Brandon. Brandon killed, killed it. this. Destroyed it. Destroyed it. It was really moving and well, just well done even from a structural standpoint. Yeah. All the guys do really well. But of course. Oh, dear. We now have Jamie. Sweet, sweet Jamie. Oh, dear. Thinks that he's above the assignment. Oh, dear. And he, he claims he lost his notes, which I call bullshit on. You know what this is like? This is like in like high school when you have a book report. Yeah. Or even elementary school. How oh, did the dog eat his homework? No, it's even worse than that. It's like you have a book report and you're so, you did nothing. Literally nothing. <laughs> you <sighs> did nothing. That's the kind of thing I still have nightmares about. And instead of talking about the book, like let's say it's like, I don't know, uh, Lord Catcher of the Flies. Catcher in the Rye. Okay. Lord of the Flies. Okay. Okay. Catching the Rye, whatever they read nowadays. You're Show supposed up. to do a book report. Yes. And you say, and you say, you know, I'm not going to talk about Lord of the Flies. <laughs> I want to talk about books. <laughs> books. They have pages. There's paper. Paper comes from trees. Trees give life. They give oxygen. This is what I want to talk about today. <laughs> The trees. It sort of seemed like he was going to come to this point. And here's the thing. It's possible he did make some point that was relevant and had some meaning. And no. they just didn't show it. It doesn't matter but what. I have so little faith in Jamie's ability to read the situation that I 
don't have faith that that's what no, he did. Jamie failed. And I'll tell you something about Jamie. To his to, to his credit, yeah. in this one instance, because yeah. we are going to shit on Jamie. Oh, a heavy shitting will occur. And I, don't worry. I'm going to shit on Jamie. <laughs> yeah. Shh, calm, down. calm down. The shitting okay. is coming. Yes. Don't worry. He has built incredibly powerful walls. Oh, my God. And, and They're fortresses. Fortresses. And I give him the benefit of the doubt. I think we all should understand that Jamie went through things that in your worst nightmares you wouldn't go through. Mm-hmm. And as a result, he has built walls. Yes. And one of those walls prevented him from writing a poem about himself. People don't think of the whole picture sometimes. They just react to moments. That's all. No, I appreciate you saying that. I feel like people tend to focus really on the crimes committed. And I have a hard time recapping solely based on a crime committed when 40 minutes earlier we we heard some backstory that, A, will color your opinion, obviously, but cause you to want to un- unwrap why th- Look, that would cause personality traits that would then cause them to well, this, this commit the, the crime, you know? Absolutely. I totally agree. And this is the thing. If you're going to make excuses for everybody, mm-hmm. for everything that people do wrong, yeah. And say, no, it's not their fault because of this. Yeah. Or it's not their fault because of this. Don't say that. Don't yeah. don't make them feel little because of this. Yeah. Then understand Jamie's plight. I'm so torn. You know, you don't often get a villain who is this complex. But that's the thing. No one's coming to his defense for this. Yes, he's been a snake mm-hmm. and a liar. Yeah. But no one's come to his defense. Like, oh, there's a reason for this. Yeah. There's a reason why he set up these walls. There's a reason why he has these personality flaws. Yeah. I just want to make a point of that. Before I completely shit on Jamie. (laughs) So Jamie claims he lost his notes and instead tells a strange story about a girl going off down some path. It's not even a personal story, let alone a a poem. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. He definitely either doesn't understand the assignment or decides it does not apply to him. And now Michelle goes up and delivers an incredible poem. And this has been used in the voiceovers for like previews for this season about being a girl who was seen as the token black girl Mm -hmm. and how she has made a promise to herself to empower other girls of color uh, and to be a role model for them. And this was unbelievable. It was unbelievably good. I mean, Michelle, I I want to say it right now. Michelle's going places. She is way beyond the bachelor. Yes. Way beyond like a host for some TV show. Michelle is going places. I promise you watch what happens to Michelle. She deserves all words. I called the bachelor. I'm calling this one, too. And by the way, in this poem, we get our first word watch. Michelle in the in. We've heard her say it many times, but this is where she actually said it. She says, I was the girl picked last for prom, but the first for basketball. Yes, at a very emotionally critical time. This is (laughs) one of the most emotional word watches ever. It's true. And so now in the evening, heading into the evening, we hear Jamie say he's been nothing but transparent. I can't help but think he lacks some self-awareness. That's what's interesting about Jamie. He actually reminds me a bit of Luke P. from Hannah Brown's season. You don't know who I'm talking about. It's such a shame you did not watch that season. You would have had a field day. But there's a sort of lack of self-awareness to the point where you feel the person who's committing these crimes and saying these things has really convinced themselves of what they're saying. Like, I think Jamie thinks that he was protecting Michelle Mm -hmm. somehow, like in a twisted way, just as I think he thinks he has been nothing but transparent. It's interesting. I agree. I think he's convinced himself of these things. I agree. 
he says the competition is really with himself mm. and he has to make sure he keeps showing up and being the best Jamie. The best Jamie. <laughs> He loves a third person. Okay, now Brandon gets one-on-one time, and he reveals that Michelle's poem really spoke to him. He was a late bloomer. It took him a long time to feel comfortable in his skin, and he could relate to her experience as the token black kid Mm -hmm. in school. And now we have our flashpoint. Can we just say, I just want to just, this is a total tangent, but he said he was 5'2", late into high school. Yeah. Like, I never know how tall people are because everyone on The Bachelor is a giant. Yes. Including Michelle now. Yeah. So how tall do you think Brandon is in real life? Well, then there's a photo taken from the poem part of this that I saw online. And he, it looks like a couple of inches taller than her. So I, and she's. So he's probably like over six feet tall. Yeah. I mean, maybe he's around six feet tall or six. Hilarious. He looks like a, like a shrimp. Yeah, the guys on this season are insanely tall. I can't emphasize enough for people watching. Like, I have met many Bachelor people. Yes. They are huge. (laughs) I literally feel like... the men are. And the the women are usually smaller than you. Yes, the women are smaller than I expect, (laughs) and the men are massive. (laughs) I literally feel like a little schoolgirl when I go out with Bachelor guys. It's completely insane. They're huge. All of them, minimum 6'2". 6'2 is like a shrimp. Yeah, that's standard. That's the average. Yeah. Yeah. So he reveals he was a late bloomer. And here we have our flashpoint. At least this was my flashpoint. I think you agree with me. No, I was with you on this. He touched on going to a predominantly white high school and being light-skinned and people saying, you're not black, you're not white, you're not this, you're not that. Or you have to choose a side. Right. And Michelle says, right, why do you have to choose? And he says, I don't know. He says he's so thankful for his parents who instilled the message of in him of just be comfortable with you. Flashpoint? Flashpoint. Oh, you were late. Okay. Excellent. It just, just really resonated with me. That's all I can say. It's just this sort of feeling of like, well, which are you? You have to pick a team. Yeah, it almost feels like, so well, we have to categorize you somehow. Like, we can't deal with whatever this is. Well, that's the element of prejudice. It's like some people think prejudice is like people, like the person in the grocery store who's the N-word. Mm-hmm. That's like obvious prejudice. Yeah. But then there's this like sort of underlying prejudice of people who even claim to be not prejudiced, yeah. who legitimately feel like they're not prejudiced. Yeah. But they do want to cubbyhole you. Yes. They want to be like, are you black or are you white? Yeah. I need to know. And, and if, yeah, and if you're both, which one are you more of? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's really hit me. This is very And I feel like it's actually hit you a lot since we've been together. Yeah. Like you've noticed it with, I think, how people have responded to me. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that you've noticed that. It's a sweet thing to notice. Oh, okay. Thanks. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get to that too. (laughs) There's been a lot of race discussions in this franchise for the last few seasons but i think michelle has dropped some of the hardest truths for me at least what michelle has said has resonated deeply like i really feel like i've gotten a crash course in what it's like to be black or mixed race in this country now from michelle michelle has done an unbelievable job without ever crying without being like oh woe is me that's the thing is she does it in a non-soapboxy way which is incredibly difficult to do especially on such a historically white And there, I mean, talking about cubbyhole, I mean. Honestly, I've learned a lot from her. And I'm not saying that, like, I really have. Yeah. Oh, that's so nice. Yeah, that's I, I Me too. I have too. It's just really, it's not easy to pull this off and not ever come off as sort of pedantic 
or like you're giving a lecture, you know, it's really impressive. But the thing is, there's like, there's a way of like, you could be generalized. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm not welcome in this country. Mm -hmm. Like you generalize it. And that's, everyone knows that that's, that's a problem. Yeah. But she's so specific about her examples. And about the, the emotional experience of it. Yes. Yes. It brings it home for anybody, whether you're black, white, yellow, green, purple, what other colors are there? Red, (laughs) orange, they're orange people. (laughs) Oompa Loompas. Oh my, no, they're blue. Oompa, Oompa Loompas are orange. They're blue. Oompa Loompa. They're orange. The no. original Oompa Loompas, they're orange. They're blue. I'm Googling it right now. You're wrong. They're blue. You're not right about this. They're like Smurfs. Nope. Oh, I'm so right. Oh, really? Oh my God, they are orange. <laughs> Why did I think they were blue? I don't know. Okay, but Oompa Loompas don't exist. (laughs) So Michelle and Brandon make out now, and in his voiceover, we hear him say he's truly falling in love with this woman. I have to, okay, just to be honest, it's possible this was taken from somewhere else because it was a voiceover, so it's possible he said it two, three weeks from now, and they just inserted it in the spot to up the stakes, but he did say it in a voiceover. And now, during a voiceover of how superior Jamie feels in general... Casey, Romeo, and Leroy each get one-on-one time. And now it's time for Jamie's one-on-one time. He says he really saw himself in Michelle's poem, and it made him realize that they weren't from separate worlds. Mm. And she says, thank you. And he says, you're welcome. Oh, my God. <laughs> Do we need to redefine our, our irritations with bad okay. you're welcomes to there any newcomers? There are times to say you're welcome, and there are very few of them. It's true, actually. There are very few times. Yeah. You hold the door for someone. Thank you. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. You lend someone a lot of money when they're in need. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Or a small amount of money. You do them a favor. You do yeah. a nice thing. Any favor. If you're a greeter at a store and you say, have a nice day and you say, thank you. And they say, you're welcome. No, <laughs> that's not right. Yep. But that's just one example. And a compliment here. He said, basically, he says that he really liked her poem. And she says, thank you. And he's like, you're welcome. I don't think you're welcome when you gave a compliment. It kind of undoes the compliment, if I'm honest. This is a very textbook inappropriate you're welcome. It's a misconception to say you're welcome after thank you always. Yes. People think it's polite, but it's not. No. Thank you sometimes uh, should should reciprocate a smile. (laughs) An acknowledgement that you will receive thanks without saying you are welcome. Okay, and I had to point this out because in a voiceover, we hear Jamie say he says that when they're together, it's so well-intentioned and so meaningful. And we also hear him say that he can tell she's captivated by him. Mm. And we also hear him say, how do I feel about that group date, Rose? I've got that in the bag. This felt weirdly edited. I just have to point it out. I do think the powers that be... Oh, they are editing villain all the way. Yeah, yeah. And of course, he has given them so much to work oh, with. Yeah. But he is not getting assisted no. in the matter. No, he is they being are thrown as he threw everyone under the bus. Yes. He is now being thrown under yeah, the bus. Yeah, he's been thrown under the bus as he's thrown others under the bus, yes. for sure. We're eye not denying eye. he did himself in, no, but I just have to point this out. Oh, there were so many voiceovers in this episode in general of him showing arrogance that wasn't always there. Mm-hmm. I, I, unless we see it coming out of his mouth, I, I take it with a grain of salt. So Michelle returns, gives the group date rose to Brandon, mm-hmm. which is a big deal, by the way. This is the second group date rose in a row. I have... Uh, look, uh, we all know that I haven't seen a lot of Bachelor, but mm-hmm. I have never seen this. 
It's pretty rare to get back-to-back group can, date roses. Can you name a single time I and it's ever happened think before? This happened on my season. Really? I think. I think Nikki got two group date roses back to back. You think? I'm not 100% sure. You're not even sure. sure. This is where this has been a long time, okay? Go easy on me. But I'm pretty sure, but I'm not 100% sure. This is very rare. Yeah. It's possible someone will get two group date roses in general. But back to back? Back to back is a big deal. I was taken. I was shocked. Huge deal. Huge deal. Brandon is officially a front runner. Mm-hmm. It can no longer be denied. No, the man writes a good poem. <laughs> now things get really interesting. As the men depart and head back to their suite, Jamie asks to speak with a producer. No, oh dear. A producer who he wrongly, wrongly believes is his friend. Uh, can I just, 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 just personally, I need to, uh, I need to cleanse myself of something. I was wrong. Jamie is not in control. Oh, he is so not Jamie in control. Jamie has let me. Jamie <laughs> has no control. No. He is doing everything wrong now. Yeah. To think that you could talk shit to a producer and while no liked. one would care. While, while you clearly have a villain at it because you know what you did. No. It happened already. He must know he has a villain edit. Jamie revealed many times throughout this episode that he quite possibly has either never watched this show yes. or never studied this show. And I believe show. him. Yes. Well, and I don't know if he ever said that, but it's the vibe I'm getting. I don't think he, he you know who he is. He is Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I've never watched more than two hours of this show. And no. it's either that or he's watched it and has not no. filed a single bit away because he's no. making really amateur mistakes. These are old school mistakes. These I mean, are mistakes people made 10 years ago. serious shit with a producer. Yep. Come so on. He says, while mic'd, he says, Brandon is not in his league. He can't believe he has to wait for six weeks to get to the end of this. Well, he's not going to have to wait that long. <laughs> he thought the caliber of the guys would be higher and wow. that Michelle is in spring break mode. Wow, it was like a trifecta he just hit everything which to him is a turn off oh dear he's laughing i gotta say notice he's laughing with the producer as he says i'm not gonna judge it doesn't mean i can't make fun of it do we think he's laughing alone the producer is egging him on like nobody's business okay i'm never i'm not defending jamie jamie did shitty shitty things he was the villain he deserved to go home and all of them okay this was great evidence of what we what the little devil on his shoulder yeah He's been egged on along the way where he was like, I want to talk to a specific producer to vent. Yeah, my friend. Yes. The producer who's my friend. Yes. He has a relationship with a producer who he trusts, who has made him feel that he is validated and correct in feeling what he feels yeah. and in his opinions. He sought out that producer to vent to him. Yeah. And there was her. a hidden camera that he should have been aware of. Yeah, because he's... Yeah. Not studied the show. And at like, all. what do you think that producer was saying? It was like, you know, you really shouldn't say that. That's not appropriate. Oh, yeah. Is the producer oh, holding wait, him accountable? Hold on. Yeah, yeah. Take it easy. Yeah. Watch what you're saying. No, yeah. she was like, yeah, yeah baby, yeah, yeah, keep yeah, yeah. it coming. I remember there was one time on my season where I truly talked shit. I remember. Oh, really? And I bit my tongue for the for all. I was there for six weeks. I bit my tongue for all six weeks until there was like a point two thirds to three quarters of the way through. And I talked shit about one particular person Amazing. in the house who I just thought was not a nice person. <sighs> and. I'll never forget how this ITM just transformed. This this particular producer I was talking to was female Mm -hmm. and she lit up. She was egging me on. Tell me more. Oh, Oh, my God. I can't believe you had to put up with that. I can't believe this. I can't believe that. It was like. Yeah, she wanted it. Yes. But you weren't a villain. So they never showed it. Yes. Which is interesting. Yes. Because I want to make it clear if. 
anyone hasn't thought of this already, <laughs> that many people on the show probably do have confidential conversations with producers that aren't super flattering, yeah. but they choose not to air them because they're not villains. Yeah. But when they have a villain yes. who they've decided, you are a villain, which yeah. Jamie, believe me, he made his own bed. Yeah, yeah. We're going to air this because you're a villain. Yeah. So- just to be clear, Jamie wasn't the only one talking shit to producers. <laughs> he was just the only one who got it aired well, because he, he deserved it. It's also just really early to be talking shit like this. Yeah. It really is. It's so he, much. I mean, he was so cocky. I mean, come on. Yeah. He basically was talking like, I've won the show already. Yeah. Like, why are we Why are we even airing this? Once again, evidence of how inexperienced he is. Mm. So, yeah. Egg done. Okay. So now it's the rose ceremony cocktail party. You're going to make it? cocktail party. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally, let's, let's be honest. Every season, there's a cocktail party, yeah. and there's no more cocktail parties. Yeah. <laughs> you mean it gets canceled? Yeah, I figured this out. <laughs> I figured this out. There's one cocktail party, and there's no cocktail yeah, party. Yeah, you said, uh, I think in Katie's season, that cocktail parties exist to get canceled. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so true. So Nate has one-on-one time here. This was very cute. He says every time he's with Michelle, he wants to run away with her. Mm-hmm. And she says, oh, you want to run away? I'm going to quietly take my shoes off. And then they sprint off together Delightful. to escape the cameras. Oh, I love this. warm the cockles of my heart. <laughs> this was and I super have strong cute. cockles to be warmed. <laughs> anyway, this was really cute. Obviously, you cannot escape the cameras. They will follow you anywhere. No. But it was still just very cute. Yeah. Good kissing, good chemistry. Nate is... Nate is winning the Unstoppable. He's winning the Bachelor. All right. He's going all the way. So Rick has one-on-one time now. And things get interesting. He says that no one ever questioned Michelle's character. Mm -hmm. And she says she's surprised to hear this because the person who told her about it was Jamie. (laughs) We knew it was too good to be true. It was only a matter of time. I mean, look, I'll be honest. Jamie took a huge risk. A huge risk. And there was a slight pinhole chance it was going to make it, but it didn't. Yeah, it's just too unlikely. That no. Why would Michelle choose to trust him? She could have. She could have kept it to herself the whole season. I mean, he was trying he to make okay. it so. Yeah. Yeah. He bet on that. Yeah. And he, and he failed. He, he bet incorrectly. Yes. Yep. He chose unwisely <laughs> as, as the... Uh, the gentleman in Raiders of the Lost yes, Ark shows yes. the, the wrong goblet. You and have chosen died. poorly. <laughs> Rick says it's tough to swallow because Jamie seems like the type of guy who would own up to such a thing. I agree with Rick, mm. but no longer. That said, we, we really did derive a lot of enjoyment from him not owning up to it last yep. week. Oh, yeah. Okay, so Andy, you said here, Rick always looks like he's recovering from food poisoning. <laughs> Yeah, he always looks like he just left the bathroom having vomited for like two hours. And he's like, okay, I made it through the worst part. I think I'm going to be okay. But he's still green. Now, Rick returns to the men and tells Nate and Casey that it was Jamie who told Michelle that everyone was questioning her integrity. I love how Nate handled this. He says, let's get him here because I don't want to be that guy who's saying anything without getting the other side of the story. Love that. Mm hmm. So they confront him, and now it quickly becomes apparent that that Jamie really oh, is. It's, yeah, it's goose yeah, his side of the story is heavy. not is not adding up. It's overcooked. His goose is so cooked, <laughs> it's on fire. He says that all the conversation about Michelle and Joe potentially having known each other created a character in the room. Uh, can I can I say something for, first before you go into the whole Jamie excuse? Yeah, I will say this: 
Jamie was in an impossible situation. He was caught with his hand deep, deep. in the bottom of the cookie jar. Oh, yeah. And he's still, under the pressure of all the cameras and this six foot eight guy yeah. coming down on him, he's still, I got to give him credit, <laughs> he came up with the best, worst excuse you could have come up with in that situation. <laughs> the character in the room. The character in the room. What the hell is he talking about? Is this becoming like a ghost story? Wait, so it is or isn't a good excuse? No, it's a great excuse, but I'm saying it's he had no excuse. Yeah, he yeah. was caught so he was caught dead to rights. Yeah, he should have yeah. just been like, all right, guys. Yeah. It was me. My bad. So Nate says, when did that happen? I feel like nobody in the house was talking about it. And Casey's like, agreed. Mm-hmm. And Jamie says, I wasn't really involved in a lot of the conversation because I had been in my room. He has a tendency. It's always a great excuse. Yeah. I had been in my room. <laughs> well, this is why I say he reminds me a bit of Luke P. Is he is giving an excuse for only the most recent thing. So in this case, he was like, I don't know specifically which conversations because no. I was in my room. But then if you had talked about the character in the room, it's because of the conversations that you had been privy to. So which is it? Yeah, it's a good point. So Nate says, fucking weird, dude. Mm-hmm. And Jamie says, how so? <laughs> And Nate Nate says, you keep saying I have no clue, but let me talk to Michelle about this character in the room. He's so right. Like, which is it? Yeah. And Jamie starts talking about the viewers and the episodes of the show. (laughs) And I swear he thinks he's on Survivor or something. He is on the wrong show. He's playing Survivor well. He's playing Bachelor wrong. You know what? I honestly think. So I think he, first of all, put way too much stock in what his friend from Minneapolis Wait, had told him he obviously never should have brought that never in. should have I think I think put stock in it revealed it all the things yeah. but he clearly put too much stock in it and to the point where I think he was afraid of being made a fool of and so he was like I'm gonna like use this information to like warn her or make sure I'm not being played a fool or he's like I think he's taking this in a different direction than what the bachelor is mm-hmm. which is not about your image management no and as I look the, as Malik may he rest in peace, <laughs> said earlier, worry about yourself. Yes. Worry about yourself. Yes. The, the most, the, the cardinal rule of Bachelor, worry about yourself. Nate directly asks him now, are you threatened by Joe? I loved this. I'm threatened by Joe. <laughs> I know that, that Jamie is. Jamie unsurprisingly acts shocked and even appalled by this question and says, of course he isn't. Hmm. So now it's the whole group and everyone's discussing him. And the focus is rightfully on how when people did ask who it was, he didn't own up to it. Mm -hmm. And then we hear a voiceover that turns into an ITM of someone saying, Jamie's doing a lot of obfuscating and deflecting. And once I heard obfuscating, I was like, Romeo, I knew it. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Joe calls... Jamie, a snake, Mm -hmm. and says he talked behind people's backs. And Jamie says, I didn't talk behind anyone's back. It's so interesting. I genuinely think that he thinks that he's telling the truth. He has such Luke P vibes. The lack of ability to reflect, take responsibility, see how that is how it is perceived. Even if he thinks he was speaking for the people or he felt this way or he felt that way, you were talking about people yeah. behind their backs. Like, yeah. how can you not add that up together? It's so fascinating. To me, it's so interesting when someone acts like this. I'm he like, wait, is this wrong. for real? He will not admit wrong. Until the very end. And he was still never admitted wrong. Nope. So now Michelle arrives. And we have to point out that while all the men look very distraught and stressed out and upset and frustrated, Leroy is very entertained by the oh, whole situation. Got, <laughs> Leroy's a Cheshire cat. <laughs> 
He's got his popcorn. He's like, thank God it ain't me. But yeah, and, and when, when things get serious, Leroy's doing every every muscle in his face is trying to take that smile down. He's like, he's like. So Michelle asks if everything is okay. And now Jamie volunteers that there seemed to be a conversation between her and Rick and that they discussed that certain individuals had directly challenged her character. This, by the way, was a bitch to take notes for. So go easy on me. Okay. He claims he had told her no specific individuals had challenged her or Joe's character, but rather the open speculation in the house that she and Joe potentially knew each other created its own monster that had the potential to challenge both yeah, of their when, characters so long term. When did Jamie become Clarence Darrow? <laughs> <laughs> It's like, what is this, To Kill a Mockingbird? <laughs> like, just own up to it, dude. You fucked up. This guy definitely talks his way out of a lot in life, I think. Yeah, and he does it well. But in this situation, in front of all the guys and in front of all of America, yeah, he can't do it. No. He's not a, you can, no one's that good. And I would like to say, nope. I would like to... <laughs> is it I would time? like to take the floor is, for a is second. Is it time? Okay. I want to make it clear that from episode one, from the moment... <laughs> I saw Jamie. I said, "Are you backpedaling?" I'm not backpedaling. I am fully owning up to this. I just want to make it clear. I said he was slimy. I said I didn't trust him. I thought he was a a smooth talker, right out of the gate. I will say this: You didn't say that. You said last week that that's how you first felt about him. Right, and then I changed my tune because he started started winning me over. Well, you love being entertained. Listen, listen, listen. I know that what Jamie did was scummy he was kind of a dirt bag he wrong. lied yeah he i lied. get it that's not good however i like you would like to be entertained and without a villain correct me if i'm wrong without a villain in this show there is less entertainment okay it's honest okay Less entertainment, okay? We want all these guys to be choir boys. You want a really boring bachelor? No, no one wants that. We want a villain. It's like saying, I love those Friday the 13th movies, but I hate that asshole, Jason. (laughs) All I'm saying is that Jamie was an entertaining villain, I would while, have liked while to he s- lasted. While, while he, he lasted, lasted, I would have liked to see more he of his villainous. He was less entertaining in this episode. It made me realize that he actually, and it's exactly, it touches on what you said last week. And this is where you really were wrong. I think people misunderstood and thought you were like pro-Jamie. Well, you were really pro-entertainment. I was pro-villain. Yeah, yeah. But w- where you were really wrong last week is you felt that he was in control I was 100% wrong about that, and I own up to that. And we learned this week that he wasn't in control, and actually realizing that made him a whole lot less entertaining. Yes, I lost. I was happy. He went, when Jamie went, I was okay with it. Yeah. Because he had lost me. Yeah. He wasn't in control. And look, to sum it all up, would I trust Jamie with the account number of my checking account? No, I wouldn't. (laughs) People really took issue with your viewpoints on Jamie last yeah, And I, they lumped me in. You guys seem to think I felt the same way. I yeah. did not. You should get no heat. I should get some heat because I did claim that I thought Jamie was in control. But neither of us deserve heat for saying that Jamie's a great person. Neither of us said that. <laughs> so she brings up 
the tidbit that he mentioned about his friend in Minneapolis who saw her at the bar with a guy. And she's like, so are you telling me you brought this up preventatively? And he's like, yes, yes, preventatively. And she says that by him even bringing this characteristic into the mix, it became something it wasn't. Obviously, she's correct about this. She asks to speak with him outside, which is very kind of her, by the way. She makes a point of being like, I didn't want to do this in front of everyone. Yeah. So she sits with him outside, says the trust is totally broken. She rightfully says he was the one who brought the story, the Minnesota story into the mix and was not protecting her. And she sends him home and he says, "Okay." And then in his limo ride, he's completely silent. He is silent in regret. I will say this about Jamie. Jamie is his own worst enemy. I think there is a great Jamie that lies somewhere within Jamie. And he's got to be careful about these flaws. Yeah, I have a feeling that coming on this show and performing as he has, that this will cause him to hopefully reflect. Reflect. Yes. Now, Michelle rejoins the group and says, I've worked really hard to build a strong character and will not stand to be manipulated in conversations, lied to, and call my character into question. I'm looking for my soulmate. And I've built myself up for my soulmate. And that is somebody who is not so quick to tear it down. Mm-hmm. How beautifully put is that? Always. Loved that. So she cancels the cocktail party. <laughs> Shocking. And now it's the rose ceremony. I don't think everyone wants me to go through every name. I got a rose. But going home, we have Spencer, LT, Peter, and Molique. Oh, and, and can I? Yes. I found something in the apartment. <laughs> Randomly. Yeah, this is totally unrelated, <laughs> not sponsored. Don't, don't worry about it. Just let me just get this over here. Goodbye, Molique. <laughs> we'll miss you. This is a gift, a parting gift. I have no idea what this is. I found it on the kitchen table. <laughs> It's mine. Okay. <laughs> but it has an M on it. <laughs> it does. Which means Malik will like it. <laughs> okay, we have to talk quickly about the fact that Michelle sent both Peter and Jamie home on a show where historically she absolutely would have been encouraged to keep both of those people. Yes. To her detriment, of course, in some way. I don't think way. historically. I think they, she was encouraged to keep both those people. Yeah, I think it says a lot that she sent Peter home, despite the fact that she was no doubt encouraged to keep him. And the Jamie thing, I I don't know if they knew that her addressing the guys and then going and talking to him was going to happen in that order so quickly or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I guarantee you, if they managed to get an ITM with her somewhere in between, she would have been encouraged to like, oh, maybe he meant this or yeah, he yeah, had yeah. your best interests or something. Yeah, give him a second she chance. She beat them to the punch and sent him home. It really says something about her conviction. Remember I gotta I talked, say, she's sending the right people home. She absolutely is. I talked last season about conviction and and my frustrations with with, yeah. with other people not having conviction. I yeah. really love that about her. Yeah. She trusts herself. That's why I trust her. And that's why Jamie was pure entertainment. Because I knew, yeah. in the end, I knew that she was going to say no. <laughs> you did have him in your second spot. Second, not first. Okay, fine. I fucked up. Okay, that said, based on the previews, it looks like Chris S. might be our future villain. So maybe they produce, need a villain. Yeah, produce, they need a villain. They need a villain. What are you going to do with that one? They need a villain. All right, that's where the episode wraps. Andy, our word watch for basketball, there was just one. Just one. One basketball. 
After many in episode two, just and one only year. 24 correct guesses. In, That's an, a record low. In total, across in total. Instagram and YouTube. Yes. And our winner, congratulations to Amanda Brockman. You are the new happy owner of a Hello Tushy Bidet. Yay! So please send us an email claiming your prize by writing dearshandy at gmail.com, and we will get that out in the mail to you. Andy, do you have a new word for this next week's word? I watch? do. What is it? And that word is manipulate. Ooh. Not manipulated, not manipulator, or not manipulating. Or manipulation. Or a manipulation. Thank you. Okay. Just manipulate. <laughs> okay. So in case you are new around here, you can submit your guess either below this YouTube video or over on Instagram in a comment using the numeral. Not the word, not if it, if you think manipulate will be said six times, you write the six number, yes. not S-I-X. For how many times you think the word manipulate will be uttered in episode four? Just an aside, I, I almost called someone out for the audacity. Someone emailed us with their answer and they used the word <laughs> instead of the numeral. Oh, oh no, that's not emailed how you do us. it. With don't, the word. Don't do that. Don't Come do on. that. You won't Come win. On, you won't have a chance to win, even if you get it right. So in case you're new, comment below here or on the Instagram post for this episode. And that's at Dear Shandy mm -hmm. with the numeral guest for the number of times you think manipulate will be uttered in episode four. And you must do that by this Friday at 1159 p.m. Eastern time. And then we will collect the correct guesses and randomly pick, pick one name from that pile. And that person will win a... Hello Tushy Bidet. Yay. And thank you to Hello Tushy for sponsoring this. And so yeah. yeah. This time it was a one in twenty-four chance. That's a very Not solid bad. chance. I mean one in twenty-four of people who guessed it, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, true, true, true. Sure. Yeah. sure. <laughs> okay. And now, Andy, it's time for our predictions. This has been a long one, so let we don't I don't think we need to explain. Let's no. just uh, say who they are. <laughs> Number one, Nate. Okay. So you switch Nate and Joe. Nate is going to win. You had Nate in third last week. I, Nate's winning. Okay. All right. I have Joe in my top spot. Okay. Just Reasonable. because he didn't get a lot of airtime this week sure. doesn't make me think that that's yep. going anywhere. Mm -hmm. Second spot. Joe. <laughs> I love it. When I ask to go fast, you go fast. I go fast. Uh, in my second spot, I have Nate. <laughs> All right. Ooh, and real curveballs here. <laughs> Who's in your third spot? Brandon. Same. Last week we were like, Brandon, we don't see it. It can no longer be denied. I kind of see it a little bit. Yeah. Now. Brandon is a legit front runner. Two group date roses back to back. Mm -hmm. I'm talking too much already. Okay. Fourth. Go. This is crazy, but I'm going well. Really? Yeah. Where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> I just thought of that, by the way. I did not prepare <laughs> that. I, I want to make I, sure. I do feel like that needs a little explanation. So go. I think Will is showing tremendous character. I'm so impressed. Oh. Throughout. He is just showing character and strength. Yeah. And their kiss was good in that vintage car. They had a good kiss. I think he's a true dark horse. Okay. I think he's coming on strong. All right. I see him in the final four. I see him. I can envision him standing it's there. It's because you... <laughs> with his hands behind his back waiting patiently. <laughs> I see it. I would like to see that. I'm not sure if I will see that. I have Rick in my fourth spot. He continues to get a, a serious amount of airtime throughout, even when he's not really the center of attention. I see him getting a one-on-one -on -one date. And he definitely earned Michelle's trust in that 
rose ceremony cocktail party. I expect him by the end of the season to look like a character from uh, The Walking Dead. (laughs) (laughs) It keeps getting worse. The food poisoning just won't let up. It's just going to be like, it's going to be like those dark eyes and just absolute white face. And like, just like mouth agape. Like. He does look pretty stressed out a lot of the time, but I don't blame him. This is a very stressful it situation. Is a stressful situation. All right, Andy. Whew, I'm tired. Yeah, that was a long one. <laughs> that was a long one. But I think that's a wrap. Yeah, that's a wrap. Yes. That's it. Yeah, I think we covered everything. Yeah, put okay. it to bed. Put it to bed. A lot to bed. Yes. Jamie to bed. Jamie has peacefully gone to sleep. He has left the building. He sure has. And will hopefully reflect. I'm yes. sure but many people have sent him terrible messages about the kind of person he is. And somehow, <laughs> even after I have tried to dig myself out of the Jamie hole, I'm sure someone will find a way to tell me I'm a jackass. <laughs> yes, yes. Where there's a will, there's a way in that The beauty of too. the internet. Yeah, the beauty of the internet. All right. If you enjoyed what you heard today... You can keep Dear Shandy in business by liking, subscribing, hitting the notification bell, following us on Instagram, telling your friends, <laughs> leaving us Apple Podcasts ratings and reviews, mm-hmm. and generally doing the things you would do to support and keep alive a podcast you enjoy. We cannot stress enough that this stuff is super helpful for us. We're not just asking you to do this because we want our egos fed. It's because mm-hmm. it really does help a little podcast grow. Thank you so much for following along with us, and we will see you next time on Dear Shandy. Bye. Dear Shandy.